Welcome to the Friendly Moms Club podcast with Jen and Carly. We're the new mom friends you didn't know you needed. We are creating a safe space to bring moms together, lighten the heaviness, and find joy in the everyday moments. Together, we will share our own experiences of being new moms while navigating the topics we wish more people talked about. Join us every Monday to hear us skip the small talk and dive right into the uncomfortable. Happy Mom Day, Carly. Happy Mom Day, Jen. It's a beautiful day because we have Jen back in the studio. And Jen is now a mom of two. And I'm happy to be back. Yeah. Yes. It's crazy, actually, to hear that and to think about that. But So why don't we just save our time talking about the silly things and you just get in and give us an update. Well, so I had our second child on January 17th. Her name is Peyton. And... She is healthy and doing well, and I am doing well and recovering nicely, and it's just been chaotic, and adjusting to having two children is crazy, Mm -hmm. and mad respect to all of you families out there that have several kids. Like, one kid was really difficult, and I don't know how people do this, but it's been really fun, and getting to like, I know, I know. And like We're getting to watch the, the kids interact and everyone says that, like everyone says the first time you see them together, but like I didn't believe them and I didn't understand how I could love two children the same. Mm-hmm. Like that was a foreign concept to me, but then all of a sudden the baby's here and it all just makes sense. It just happens. Yeah. Like I don't, there's no way to explain it. It just. I know because you were worried about that. Yeah. You talked about that so, before. I've been busy. You're like, I don't understand how I'm going to do it, but I guess now I you're like, I don't know how it's happening, but it's happening. But that's what I mean. I don't know how to explain yeah. it because it just, it just is and it's biology crazy this motherhood thing is wild i tell you yeah just wild wildness and thank goodness for daycare for little miss jojo because like obviously when Mm -hmm. she's home you don't let her watch tv because we're those moms but i'm just kidding (laughs) clearly i'm kidding if you follow us on instagram you saw our (laughs) newest troll I mean, everyone needs some TV yeah. babysitting. It helps. It helps you make dinner. helps clean the house. helps you when you have a newborn that you're trying to feed and your daughter wants to try to help by hitting them in the head. And like, you know, it just, it's good. It is important. And also I feel like, especially kids who go to daycare or preschool, when they come home, it is a nice like wind down and it's a nice like moment that they can have. And I don't know, maybe I'm just saying that to myself so that I don't feel guilty about using screen time, but hey. You do what you got to do. It also is when Jordan will snuggle us the most. Oh, yeah. She doesn't sit still and snuggle us unless there's TV yeah. on. So it's a nice little bonding yeah, time. it's good for everybody. There's lots of positives I can think of. It's good for everybody. Is there anything yeah. you want to share? Oh. So you told us about your new little edition. We're going to do an episode soon about how she came into this world, a little bit about the birth story, and then yeah. maybe we'll talk a little bit more about your feeding journey, but is there anything you want to just kind of throw in there today quickly? Uh, uh, I don't know. You're putting oh. me on the spot. Surprise. I, I, don't, I don't have anything in particular. Yeah. We'll just, I'll go over her whole yeah. birth story, but we had a little bit of a snowstorm and it was the day of the snowstorm, which if Classic. you don't live in the lower mainland, you would joke at the amount of snow that we consider a hey, snowstorm. Hey, that was actually a snowstorm. But it was a lower mainland snowstorm. That was a legit one though. I mean, it, yeah. I mean, people would still laugh oh, yeah. if they were from yeah, other yeah, places that actually got snow. Yeah. We don't know how to find um, So it's a memorable day. And it was on the 17th, and Jordan is born on the 17th of September, so we have a 17 thing going on, which is actually kind of fun. And I realized that our anniversary is on the 16th, and Anad's birthday is on the 18th, so we're very 16, 17, 18. Yeah, that's great. Just a little fun numbers thing for you. 
anyways, that's me in a nutshell. Yeah. And I'm slowly turning my brain back on and getting focused back on podcast stuff so i am just happy to be back at it with you back to the back to the real world and if you want to know well kind of follow Mm -hmm. along a little bit more on jen's journey and our journey in the podcast make sure you're following us on instagram uh, at the friendly moms club because we share a lot about of our like our day-to-day lives and jen's sharing a lot about newborn life so if you're curious what two under two is like or even just curious about newborns or you just like us then make sure you're following us. Or you want to hear about a really hard breastfeeding yeah. journey and you want to hear about all of the mental struggles mm-hmm. that come with it. Like, yeah, Honest- we like to be vulnerable and share it all. So yeah. I feel like the journey of breastfeeding, even just feeding in general, maybe even just having a child is so much more mental than it is like physical. It's just there's so mm-hmm. many mental factors at play. And this is also a good thing that like mindset really does make a huge difference. And that is something that mm-hmm. we have been focusing on lately, both yeah. of us just having our own struggles and big life changes that we're really being aware of our mindset and how much that can change our experience. So here's our reminder. Mm-hmm. Say something friendly yeah, to yourself. Yeah, it's huge. I actually can't wait to talk about mm-hmm. this. Yeah, because there's so there's so much. I could go on forever about this. But... Okay, I'm going to put you on the spot one more time here before we get into today's episode. Okay. What is, in the spirit of being okay. friendly, what is one friendly thing mm-hmm. you can say to yourself to postpartum Jen? Like early days postpartum Jen in the trenches, what is something friendly you can say to yourself? Like something you're doing well, something you admire, something you respect, something, maybe you brushed your teeth today, something friendly. Yeah, (laughs) though that is a good day when I brush my teeth and I actually brush my hair, which I didn't do today. Um, No, I am just proud that I keep showing up and that I'm doing my best. And my husband and I have this conversation because oftentimes I'll apologize to things like, I'm sorry, I didn't do the dishes today. And he's like, we need to focus on the positives of what you did do today, not what you didn't do. Like, as long as you're getting up and doing your best every day, like, that's what matters. And I have gotten up and gotten out of bed every day. And that has been a huge feat for me, just like actually getting up and, and I've kept going. And it's just been, yeah, I just keep showing up. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's it. It's something very simple, but I'm that's proud that I'm just still going and I'm doing my best every day and that might not look like a lot every day but it is a lot to me of course high five to postpartum Jen yeah and even if you only have say 12 percent in the tank if you give those 12 percent then you're giving 100 mm-hmm. percent. so that's just something to remember as well exactly because it's really easy in like the sleep deprivation state to then go down the shame spiral that you're not good enough but you have to like remember the context totally. in your capacity and you do what you need to do to get through and you also have a toddler so that's where yeah. things like screen time and tv time come in and we actually talk about that in today's mm-hmm. episode when you have sick kids or teething kids that like you have to meet yourself mm-hmm. where like you need your expectations to meet the context of what's going on in your life right now so I also think you're doing a really good job at that and I'm proud of you and you're kicking butt Thank and you. I'm excited for you to share a little bit more Thank about you. your journey so that will be coming out. Yeah. That was a good segue into today's episode as well because it's true. Like some days you just only have so much capacity and especially when your children are sick and then maybe they've been sick for a while, uh, you might not have a lot of capacity left in the tank. And so TV, you have to do what you have to do. And so today we're going to go through, we're going to finish off some of the skin conditions and things that we experience with our little ones. And then we're going to go into our tips and tricks that we found when you have sick children Mm -hmm. and things that we found, yeah, helpful. That you can do, yeah. 
for sure. Uh, lots of good stuff in here because we've both been through it this first year. We both had babies that did not do well with teething and had lots of like weird sicknesses and random things. So we got lots of good tips to share. So let's just get into today's episode. This is part two, a continuation of last week of uh, illnesses in babies and toddlers. So here we go. Yeah. Enjoy. <laughs> So there's a couple of funny things, not funny, but un- unusual looking things that can happen to babies, newborns specifically, that if you've yeah, never not an seen illness. it before. They're just no, kind of like but, a skin Yeah, and if you've never condition. seen it before, it could be very like alarming and concerning. Or if you have a newborn that comes out with one or develops something like this. So the few things we're going to talk about are hemangiomas and then baby acne and cradle cap, because those can all mm-hmm. happen. And they seem, all of them seem very scary, but they're actually not. So And they're not let's normally talk- like a long lasting thing either. Like yeah. they're all, especially baby acne and cradle cap, they like get resolved fairly quickly. Yeah. But all of a sudden like things just start happening and you're like, what is happening to my baby? Like they have this nice perfect skin and then all of a sudden things are happening to it. So let's talk baby skin first because before baby acne, they can actually have something called newborn rash. So there's a long scientific name for it, but I actually don't know what it is. And this happens in the first few days typically. And the cause of this is that baby's been living in water. So their skin has been in amniotic fluid. And then all of a sudden they're not in the water anymore and they're outside and their skin is learning how to exist in a new environment. So newborn rash looks very scary. It looks almost like like poison ivy or like an allergic reaction because it's Mm. bumpy and it looks really irritated but it doesn't actually bother baby and it can be quite diffuse all over their body and it kind of just comes on out of nowhere so it looks terrifying but it's actually not concerning and it's not uncomfortable for the baby but if you do have a newborn and you notice this it's typically newborn rash and it does go away on its own after that babies can get baby acne and cradle cap henry had a little bit of baby acne but you know you know he had very little for Jeff and I both having the worst skin Henry had the absolute best skin and it was kind of annoying yeah and it's just that it's acne that babies can get don't touch it don't pick it don't do that but you yeah. can put a little breast milk on it if you have any mm-hmm. I actually did find that helped the breast milk on yeah it and help. then another one that Jordan had that Jen can talk about now is cradle cap mm-hmm. so. so it's just like it looks weird because it, they get this like yellowy crusty layer on their scalp and it can be like a small area to like almost their entire head and it flakes off and it is it's just really not it looks so gross it ain't cute and it like they're it's peeling off their head and you're like it looks like it's going to be some crazy infection that's like, I don't know, it just looks like it's something bad, but it's actually very normal. And it's just like a lot of their oils and stuff getting trapped and coming out. And it's not any illness. And it doesn't mean that you didn't like wash your kid. Like there's nothing you did wrong. It just yeah. is something that happens. It's a buildup of their sticky skin oil scales and like dead skin cells that are coming off. Just yeah, creates this yellow crust that just looks not- cute. Looks so super what, cute. what helped for you? What worked? So we did it and I found this like on the internet. I did Dr. Google this, but I had read about it and seen it on Instagram before mm-hmm. um, is you use some oil. So we got like a baby brand oil just to make sure it was safe. But you put oil on, I think it's an hour-ish before you're going to go put them in the bath, half an hour to an hour. And you just like layer it all along where the cradle cap is, wherever that may be for your baby. And then you put them in the bath after the half an hour to an hour. You let it kind of like really sink in. And then you wash your ha- their hair with soap. And we had – it was like a Freedom Mom little brush that has like a little 
very soft bristles that you can use mm-hmm. to wash babies. So we had one of those. And so you would like lather that up and then just wash their scalp where you put all the oil. And after doing that a few times, it was completely gone. Like it just helps kind of get yeah. some of those dead skin cells off. And I think we literally only did it like three or four times and it was all better. And it never came back. And I think the key is that the oil helps soften it. And then the yes. gentle brushing helps get it like off. Like the flakes the con- then can actually. Yeah. yeah. The concern is like if you pick or scratch at it, that you can actually cause a little wound that it can get infected. So don't be yes. picking and scratching at it. Don't try to peel it off. It's very Put gentle. You need to like yeah. gently yeah. remove it. So It's like a spa treatment for your yeah. baby. Just your little, little, yeah. little treatment for you, little child. <laughs> little scalp treatment. Yeah. yeah a little baby baby spa Um, yeah she had that Um, and baby acne at the same time and it just like looks like all of a sudden you're getting your kid is getting all of these weird things on their skin but now i know how normal it is still like it's just definitely very normal you don't want anything on their skin anything that comes up you will have a mini freak out about yeah unless you're like the coolest calmest parent out there but i think 99 (laughs) percent of us will be like what is happening what is this on their skin what is this on their head do you have any pictures of it we could put it on our instagram but I'll have to look. This next one yeah. I do, and I actually think we should post it because this next one is another skin condition called a hemangioma. And it is basically a type of birthmark, but I never knew that this existed. I never knew anyone with one. I think everyone knows like you can get birthmarks. Mm-hmm. I think that's about as far as people's knowledge goes. Some people have them, some people don't. Fairly common. No one really goes into more depth than that. You can get something called a hemangioma and it's actually very common as well. Now, now I know in our mom friend group, there's I can count seven babies that all had hemangiomas. Yeah, so it was a shocking amount. It was, it was a huge it was, amount for our like, yeah. I don't know, 10 to 14 like moms yeah. that we saw regularly. But basically it's a birthmark that might not even be visible at birth. Sometimes they are very faintly and sometimes they are not. So they're a clump of immature blood vessels. But because of where they are, they're so close to the skin, you can actually see all the redness of the blood vessels. So for Jordan, she wasn't born with it. So she had no marks when she was born. Then that first week of her being born, all of a sudden we're like, what's on her shoulder? Like, huh, that's weird. It was just a little like little red dot. And then a little bit more red dot. And then it was a little bit bigger, a little bit bigger. And then it got a little darker. And then it got a little bumpier. And hers went to, trying to think, like three centimeters by four centimeters-ish. So hers was considered quite large for its size. Mm -hmm. And it was on her shoulder. So within it was raised too, right? Yeah, hers raised and got bumps on it which doesn't happen for all of them but again it can and these can happen anywhere someone has it on their like high on their forehead that we know on their arm on their back another one had it in the exact same spot yeah the hand another one had in the exact same spot as jordan which was kind of funny and similar size like everything Mm -hmm. is jordan's but this was like every day it looked worse and i was like she has some sort of infection or fungal infection that's like it's really red it gets very bumpy because of where hers was, she, it would rub on things or like car seat. When you get put them mm. in the car seat, it would rub on it. So hers actually bled, which led us having to go back to the doctor because bleeding isn't a great sign for them. And there is an actual like hemangioma clinic at our BC Children's Hospital. It can be serious, but it's only serious if it's if it's developed somewhere like their nose or their eye or their mouth where it could mm-hmm. affect their breathing or eyesight and feeding. So that's really the only times they do anything about it. So there is a clinic, but it's really only for if it develops on one of those places. Got it. So I imagine if it got, if you did have one that got too big elsewhere and was bleeding or something was in that way, or if it, like you said, their eyes, nose or mouth. So if it's like breathing, eating, 
not sleeping, <laughs> breathing eating. Eating or seeing. And then yes. if it's big enough that something else is happening. Yes. So we okay. ended up going to the clinic for Jordan's because of her size and it was bleeding. So our doctor's like, yeah, just to like, let's be cautious. She hadn't mm-hmm. seen one that was this size before. So we went and the doctor said because of it, he would have given us medication, but it stops growing. So normally by six months, it gets as big as it's going to get. So it normally okay. stops growing by six months. And for some people, it completely disappears by 18 months. And then most others disappear by the time they're nine. So it is just this weirdest, mm-hmm. the weird thing that like weird. has a quick little burn and comes up and comes hot and heavy and gets big by six months. And then it'll just disappear. Just go away. Does she still have it now? Or She does still have it now. It's very faint. So hers mm-hmm. is still the same size, but the color's all almost completely gone. It's a very, very light pink. And some of the middle part is gone. So it kind of is like, like a it's interesting. Now. I'll try to get a few photos so you can see yeah. the progression. I know so many people that have had one now. I'm like, ah, oh, just a hemangioma. Like, I know what this yeah. thing is. Again, when you see something on their skin, it's just... Looks scary. Yeah. Definitely another one of those things that looks more scary and complicated than it yeah, actually is. Yeah, you think is. it's some sort of infection that's growing. What's the name for it? Isn't there a, a, a strawberry rash or something or a strawberry... I think people call it a strawberry um, birthmark, but I, I think technically a strawberry birthmark is something different. Oh, because then there's stork's bite that they can also get. Yeah, Henry actually had those. And that's very common. Another type of birthmark they can get, which is very – I think people talk about it, right? They they know more about that one, whereas hemangioma mm-hmm. is just like – And they look Caught me scarier. from nowhere. I had no idea what yeah. it was. Henry had a stork bite, and then there's um, – which is very common in like little Caucasian, like fair-skinned babies to have stork bites, especially it's genetic. So like all of his cousins have had them around their eyes and between his mm-hmm. forehead, which that one went away, but the one on the back of his neck is still there. And interesting enough, my husband and all of his brothers have ones on the back of their necks that mm-hmm. didn't go away, but the face ones did go away. You can only see it a little bit between his eyes when he gets cold. So another one that babies can get if they have darker skin, so common in like Southeast Asian babies, is congenital dermal melanocytosis. And that's just dark blue or gray spots that commonly appear like on their bottom and their legs. And they can look like big bruises, but they're another type of birthmark that babies can get that do go away those ones are present at birth I don't know if they get worse or not I just know I've seen a lot of babies with them yeah so there's lots there's so many things so many different skin conditions and then also just like illnesses and infections that they can get that are actually fairly common and a lot of people experience them but we are here to empathize with you with you that it is scary and no matter Mm -hmm. what anyone says like we can normalize it to the cows come home but like it's still gonna be scary for you you're still gonna be like do I need to go to the hospital right now And every time we've gone to the hospital, a doctor has always said, trust your gut. Like if you think Mm -hmm. that you need to come in, bring your baby in, no one is ever going to be mad if you are concerned about your baby's health. And we've been told this by so many ER doctors that you believe it, right? Like it's normally you feel bad for going to the ER, like you're wasting their time unless you're dying, right? Every ER doctor we've had has been so nice. And it's just reassured me. They're always just like, trust your gut. Like if you think you need to come in, come in like – Yes, there's nothing we can do to help your baby today. And it was good. We checked her out. You know, we checked her air rice. We did an x-ray. We know this. Now you can go home and rest easy. It's going to help your anxiety. It's worth it for the peace of mind. And nobody, no baby had ever been seriously injured by taking them to the hospital when nothing was needed. But babies have been injured or hurt by not going in when there had been signs. So trust your gut. If you go in and they make you feel silly, 
tell them to kick rocks. Yeah, that's and, a bad doctor and hospital yeah. staff. In labor and delivery, when people come in for like kind of benign seeming concerns, or if their baby's not moving, we are so grateful and happy that they came in. Like we do not care. We yes. want them to instead of sitting sitting at home and being stressed, or the alternative, something bad happening. Mm-hmm. So it's the same. It's the same principle. If you're worried, if you're worried enough to even consider going, just go and like look at other options. Maybe go to your doctor's office if you can at urgent care. But if you have to go walk to the in hospital, clinics, just go. And yeah. our healthcare system, at least here where we live in Canada, it's very. There's so many challenges into getting like appropriately timed treatment and we rely on our emergency rooms for things that aren't emergencies because we don't have other options so Mm -hmm. it's very frustrating yes you just you do it go in get the care and this kind of jumps us into the things that we found helpful and one of them Mm -hmm. is that here in bc we have a number called 811 so 911 is what you'd call in an emergency 811 gets you in contact with a nurse. The easiest way to mm-hmm. explain it. You can call 811. You can be connected to a registered nurse and you can go through their symptoms. And they'll go through some checklists and ask you questions. They'll ask you probably to take your baby's temperature if depending on what you're saying mm-hmm. is the concern. Or we did it with a fall Jordan had because those happen, right? And we called and then they go through some symptoms. Are they she vomiting? Does she have a mark? Is she bleeding? And they'll help you determine if it's worth getting medical attention. And sometimes they'll say, go to the ER. Sometimes they'll say, hang up, call 911. Or they'll say, you should call your doctor and try to get her in within a few days. Or Mm -hmm. you should go to urgent care and they'll tell you where the nearest one is. And it is such Mm -hmm. a good resource that we have here. So especially if you're home alone and kind of going into that like spiral and not knowing what to do, they're normally very good and calming and reassuring and Mm -hmm. will kind of help you be like, based on what you're telling me, like they can't obviously see your child. So they can only go off of what you're telling them this is an appropriate, you know, course of mm-hmm. action. So it's a very good thing. If you don't have that, or if you don't know if you have that where you live, just I would recommend looking it up and seeing if For there's sure. any type of nurse hotline that is available to you because it's a very good like first step um, to take. One of the recommendations, I'm, it's like either stay home, seek medical treatment and like what level of medical treatment. And mm-hmm. if they are telling you to stay home, they actually give you some recommendations on what you can do. Yes. So what symptoms to look for, when you should go to the hospital, mm-hmm. what treatments, at-home treatments you can do. And I found when Henry had like a little tummy bug at one point and he was throwing up and we called 811 because he was only like maybe like six months we're like I don't know is this a concern so we called and they told us like exactly they said stay home these are the things to watch for this is when you should seek medical treatment and this is what you can do at home to keep him comfortable and I was like I know I'm a nurse and I know these things but when it's your own child you don't know those things so even if it's your fourth kid and you're like I've been through this so many times before why don't I remember like it's normal to just kind of it it's different when it's your own kid so it's nice when somebody literally tells you based on what you're telling me this is what you can do everything's going to be okay you know it's the reassurance you need I had to also call them because I accidentally not overdosed but I gave too much Tylenol yeah (laughs) I bought Tylenol in the states which is a different concentration than infant Tylenol in Canada Mm, so there's different amounts you have to give I got a little bit confused which which one I was giving and which uh, syringe I was using Anyways, long story short, I ended up calling them and they said, based on what you're telling me, like there is no concern. However, would you like us? We can patch you through to poison control and you can just Mm -hmm. double check with them. Like 
what we're seeing based on the numbers and they did the math for me, you're good. Um, so mm-hmm. they just patched me through. Someone answered right away. It was like, oh yeah, no, you're good. Like what they tell you on those boxes is a lot lower than what they actually could have. consume and would overdose on. So there was no yeah. concern in my situation, but they were just so good and knowledgeable. And I, I didn't think about poison control. I just was like too much mm-hmm. Tylenol. Like that didn't even cross my mind. I don't know if I've even told told you this. But we actually had to call poison control the other day. So I'm glad you brought it up. This is a good adding that to your list of things. Um, That that's a thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. We were at my parents' house and Henry got into the mouse poison. (laughs) Parents of the year. Um, Jeff thought that he was playing with with dog food because my aunt was there with her dog. And then like 10 minutes later, my mom was like, no, that's mouse poison. I was actually having a nap. So he- so Jeff came up like literally having an absolute meltdown. Like the worst so, way to wake up from a nap. Exactly. I just worked. I had just worked a night shift and then he came up and was panicking. So I was like half asleep and I was like, call poison control. Cause like, we don't even think he actually ate any of it. He was just playing with it. So we like washed his hands. I'm like, call poison control. They're very knowledgeable. Mm-hmm. I know they can be very helpful from when my friend told me her kid drank nail polish remover and she called and Ooh. they were very helpful. They were um, very nice. So yeah. <laughs> they, and they it was a cellulose based one it was actually he would have had to have like a significant amount to cause any issue um so yeah if but I, you yeah i wouldn't have thought of that yeah. so i'm glad that we both yeah. have these experiences Definitely. so normalize it for all you moms and dads sure. listening if you've had to call or they accidentally got into something it happens yeah but no poison control know who for to sure. call in those instances for yeah. sure and the poison control can be like jen said for medications if you think you've given too much if they got into your medication if they got into any type of like cleaning solution like the list there's lots of things so it's not just yeah. like what we consider like a poison it's anything that can cause poisoning like a medication as well even nowadays there's been a lot more increase in like medicinal marijuana and things like that Mm -hmm. that kids have gotten into so things that you know are Mm -hmm. in normal quantities for you are fine in a child everything is different in a child and I guess that's the most important thing and that comes to this one of the next points is getting a good thermometer that's actually for infants and children because there's Mm -hmm. different ways to take your temperature and what how we as adults would take our temperature is different. Like it, it's not as great. It's yeah, not as accurate to take just the one, forehead yeah. temperature for a child. So getting mm-hmm. a good thermometer to have at home, because that's one of the first symptoms you really want to know. Do they have a fever? And that's, they're going to ask you at the hospital if they had a fever, they're going to ask you at 811. Like it's an important mm-hmm. thing to know, especially as we said, again, the less than three months old. So get one and know what a fever is. Know what the actual temperatures of a fever are for the different ages. And the thing with fevers as well is you want to be knowing the temperature after you're giving medications. So if they have a fever of, say, 103, but you haven't given any medications, you need to give medications, wait the amount of time that it takes for it to work, and then take the temperature. Because the big thing with fevers is, is it con- is can it be controlled with medication? If it can't be controlled with medication, then it's concerning if it can be then that's normal for a fever right Mm -hmm. so our next thing here is actually giving things like acetaminophen and ibuprofen and using the correct dose and the correct (laughs) the correct amount and actually making sure you're giving enough so Mm -hmm. acetaminophen like tylenol and ibuprofen motrin advil those are the common brand names they're actually different medications. So you can give both of them at the same time. So whatever the box says that you can give. So there's like a, a time frame and then number of doses per day that you can give. But like Jen said, the 
the amount on the box is actually less than what they can actually have safely. So you can give that maximum on the box. My husband was like really freaked out to give the Tylenol the, I think you can give that one six times a day, Mm -hmm. every four to six hours. And he was worried that if we did the max that was on the box, that it would be harmful. And I was like, no, like this, this is the amount that they're saying is safe. Let's give the max. And you can give both of them either at the same time, or you can stagger them. Yeah. See what works but for, just best know, for your baby. Know the yeah. times. That's the hard thing. And like Carly said, yeah. like they would always write it on their whiteboard on their fridge, right? Mm-hmm. Like when you gave it, because sometimes we, my husband we wrote it would, in our notes app, mm. our notes app on our and phone. And sometimes I think I read somewhere that they had just like a whiteboard on their fridge. So if they had to give mm-hmm. their kid any medicine, they would write it on there and the time so that if mm-hmm. the dad went or if you went out or like, then you know, and it's just really important yeah. to know when you're giving it and how much and which one and having those at home ready to go. For sure. Yes. Making sure you have them. And then also with writing them down is when you write them down, you can also calculate when the next dose is. So you can actually anticipate when you should be giving the next dose. Because if your kid is really sick with a high fever, you don't want to wait. It's like when you're in pain, you don't wait for the pain to get worse again. You want to be proactive and prevent it from worsening again. So if your kid is teething really badly or they do have some sort of infection, you want to map out. This is the nurse in me. You want to make like a little administration record. You want to map out when you're going to be giving them and then you can time it. So they have it fresh doses before bedtime. So they have fresh doses before you leave the house and kind of plan out your day. We would always do that. Like before bed is important so that they can actually get some sleep and go to sleep. For sure. We'd be like, Hey, this one's every six to eight hours. So if we give it now, then we can give it before bedtime. And if Mm -hmm. you miss that window, then it can be a little bit difficult and you're waking them up sometimes or they're waking up. Yeah. So kind of map out your plan, find a way to communicate with anyone else who would be giving the medication and you can give the maximum dose that's on the box and you can also give ibuprofen and acetaminophen at the same time. Yes. Nurse tips. Yeah. Um, some and other wait, kind of natu- don't wait. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. No, don't wait. It's, you yeah. want to use it. It's, it's helpful and it's going to make your child much Give more her. comfortable. So yeah. a couple other like natural things, I guess you could do at home is humidifiers in their bedrooms mm-hmm. while they're sleeping is when they have those respiratory, um, Illnesses going on, the, yeah. the cold, um, humidifier is really good. And on the same wavelength is you can put like your shower to really, really hot and like close the shower curtain or whatever. And then we've been told to just like bring toys, just anything and bring them in the shower, in the bathroom, sorry. And they mm-hmm. can play with toys and just sit in there for a while and let the really hot moisture from the shower like sink in. So they're breathing it in and that can help with the congestion and the breathing And on this whole note of like humidifier breathing, you also want them to stay hydrated. So just making sure that they get lots of fluids while you're doing this. Like Mm -hmm. you don't want to do all these things and not make sure they're drinking water and formula, et cetera. That's definitely like the most, the biggest concern with almost every infection is dehydration, whether it's like a respiratory infection or if it's something like a tummy bug where they're peeing and or they're pooping and throwing up the like most common complication is dehydration in babies so whatever they're struggling with find ways to get them hydrated whether it's frozen popsicles of like pedialyte frozen breast milk or formula Mm -hmm. popsicles and like maybe even things you wouldn't normally give um like actual popsicles if your kid is old enough like sometimes it is more important just to hydrate them after a certain age they say like start giving apple juice like things just have some more calories and some more substance to them and then for us the main thing is like we went back to the newborn tricks we mm-hmm. brought up the carrier more bottles the soother contact naps co-sleeping like we literally when your kid is sick it's like you have a newborn again 
And you have to then go back to those like original soothing techniques, like what works. We sang so much, um, lots yeah, of that. Oh, and played one a lot of music. Thing I was gonna say, lots of TV time. We needed a distraction. We couldn't just like let him sit there and be miserable. And like he needed something to distract him. And sometimes he didn't feel like playing. So something that really helped for us was just having something gentle, like Miss Rachel or Doggy Land, or even like just. We put on like Christmas music videos mm-hmm. when it was the yeah. holidays, just something on the TV to help because we... There's just no judgment here. Yeah. No judgment. If oh, you need God, this no. to get through yeah. the sickness and the illness, infection, whatever's going on when they're not feeling well, you yeah, do you. you. Do no judgment from us. And yeah. you and might feel guilty some days. Yes. Yeah. This is something that you got to talk to your mom and friends about because yeah. really this is normal and we're all doing it. Um, mm-hmm. We are all doing and it. Like it, we really sure. are. Whatever and like is ask them work. what their tips are. Yeah. See what works for them, especially if they have older kids. And there's often things that you would never think of, like mm-hmm. Pedialyte popsicles. Like a lot of people yeah. have never heard of that. And then they hear it from yeah. a mom friend. And it's also just nice to know that like other people have been through it. Mm-hmm. So when Jen's daughter, Jordan, got um, hand, foot, mouth, she posted about it on our Instagram. And so many of you guys wrote in and like really helped reassure her that like yes it looks really scary it's uncomfortable we've had it we're either going through it and I think it made a difference yeah (laughs) it made me feel a lot better about it and just to know a bit more about what's come people sent pictures and like how it progressed how long like I just felt a Mm -hmm. lot better about it here getting all these messages so it was very appreciated for sure Um, um and then on that note as well If you're in the trenches, you're back in the newborn days, you have sick kids, teething kids, definitely one, don't feel guilt and shame over whatever you have to do. And two, Mm -hmm. ask for and accept help when people offer it. It is Mm -hmm. so hard for moms to accept help because society tells us that then we're weak and bad moms if we can't do it all on our own, Mm -hmm. which is absolute BS. So ask for and accept help. Just do it. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. for you, like your husband stayed home from work a few days because yeah. Henry wasn't sleeping at night. And if you don't sleep and you have him yeah. all day while he's at work, like it's just you will definitely like it's not good for yeah. you. So you guys would trade off with the co-sleeping at night and then mm-hmm. being with him so you could sleep during the day. And like, so if you have to be like, no, you got to stay home from work or hopefully mm-hmm. they offer it would be yes. ideal. But it, like yes. if you have to ask <laughs> and be like, no, no, you got to stay home from like I can't keep yeah. going on this zero sleep and this like ask ask for help hopefully your parents or you know if you have family or close friends um whoever your little village is like Mm -hmm. you might need some help when you're in the trenches of them being sick it is it is very very hard it's like the newborn days all over again it really is it's a good point yeah if you have a mom friend who's like really going through it we've said this before but like instead of just saying like let me know what i can do give them a couple options say like i can drop off groceries i can drop off meds i can drop off a meal like give some options and then that way they don't have to think of something because maybe they don't even realize oh crap i'm almost out of baby meds or Mm -hmm. actually you're right we don't have any food in the house or you know it's like when you actually offer specific things it's a lot easier to say yes to them when you are the yeah, it person is. being offered to. Okay, like I can do yeah. X, Y, and Z. Which one is best for yeah. you right now? Like what would yeah. be the most help? And we've said this before, but Carly did it to me the other day, so we'll talk about it again, is that like sometimes you just need to vent. And so Carly's mm-hmm. like, what mode do you want me in? Like do you, or you mm-hmm. just want me to listen? Do you want me to give advice and have a game plan? Like what mm-hmm. kind of mode do you need? Like do you need actual help? Do you just need mm-hmm. to vent and have a safe place to do that? Do you need me to determine the next steps, right? Like I was ready to Google them. for you. <laughs> 
you can ask them like, you know, what yeah. do you need from me? Like, well, how can I actually support you? What do you yeah. need right now? Like, do you need me to sure. look for open clinics and open urgent cares and phone pharmacies for you because you can't find the medication? Like, do you need me to go get you Tylenol and bring it? Or do you just, are you just venting because yeah. life is hard? Like, see what the they worst need and be there. You just want your feelings heard and you just want people to listen. And then they go into like fixer mode, which can also be helpful when that's what you need. But when you yes. don't need that, you're like, shut up. <laughs> It's just, yeah. it's good to know what they actually need. Anyways, yeah, we could talk definitely. about this so much because it's such a... We could. There's so much Clearly we've to been it through it. <laughs> and we have been through a lot. And I just, everyone warned me, your kid is going to get sick a lot. Oh, you'll have a kid. They'll start mm-hmm. daycare. They'll be sick a lot. I was warned, I don't know how many times, yet I never believed it. I never truly let that sink in. And now that I've experienced it, I was like, wow, they are right. Like, this is hard and this is a lot. Um and it's a hard part of motherhood that I don't think gets talked about enough. Um, sure. And it can really affect your mental toll and your mental sure. health, um, especially if it's in those first few months that they're getting sick and you might already have postpartum anxiety, depression, stuff like that going on. And then they start getting mm-hmm. sick. Like it's been very hard for me and I have been going through depression and anxiety and my pregnancy and dealing with my PTSD. And so my mental health has been especially bad right now. And dealing with Jordan being sick, she's had some weird symptoms. And I'm like, this isn't the normal cold Mm -hmm. stuff. And like, then they're telling me, oh, her hand, foot, and mouth isn't normal. And they're throwing out words like meningitis. And then I'm Googling. And and it's Mm -hmm. been really, really hard. So we just really wanted to talk about all of these things, things that are good to help. And just to help reassure you that, like, it's scary and it's okay to be scared. It's okay to, you know, be overwhelmed. Ask people for help. Accept help. Like... This is happening to all of us. We are all in these trenches. I don't know. Every mom we know right now has had a sick baby in the last two weeks. Pink eye, mm-hmm. pneumonia, you know, colds, RSV. What else? Hand, foot, and mouth. A couple of hand, foot, and mouth. Like there's just been so much going on. So many viral infections too. Ear infections. You name it. A few have been in like BC Children's Hospital for a little while. Like a few have been like really needing medical help. Hopefully this was helpful and you learned something or it made you feel a little bit like, okay, I got this or I know what to do if I'm feeling overwhelmed or what to look for. And don't just Google everything because it'll Find lead a you. reliable source in your area. So the CDC is really lovely mm-hmm. for us. We have the BC CDC and we also have HealthLink BC. Find something that is reputable. Some people don't like the government, but some sort of government agency to get your information and yeah. use that instead of Dr. Google. Yes. Talk to your friends. Mm-hmm. Find out if you have yeah. like a nurse hotline, who to call, poison control if you need it. like... What resources do you have in your area? And just have that on hand so that you Definitely. are prepared if anything happens. We'll Go link the, day. Yeah. the sites that we did use for some of those definitions there in mm-hmm. case you want to look it up more. Um, and that'll be in the episode description. But thank you for joining yeah. us today. And we hope you have a happy mom day. And we wish you all good health for you and your children. <laughs> no sickness in 2024. Yes. Which, yeah. Less yeah. sickness in 2024. Yeah. Mild sickness in yes. 2024. There we go. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, happy Monday. Happy Monday. See you guys next week. Bye now. Bye.